Germantown Community Radio, 92.9 FM WGGTLP Philadelphia, and online at gtownradio.com. We are Cue the Mic. All right, we are Cue the Mic. We are back. We are still in the midst. So um, so um, we were talking about this last time. By the time... Oh, today. Today that we're talking right now, the last episode aired, and it is still relevant, and it is still going on. The protests are still happening, and some change is starting to look like it is in the mix. We are seeing some policies being introduced. Whether they'll be passed is up to the two different parties to fight over, but small amount of progress so far hasn't gotten swept under the rug, so yeah, very good. Yeah, police police brutality really needs to end, and I feel like... I feel like at this point, it's um, the yeah, it really needs to end. It needed to end a long time ago, but the fact that people are out now is, I think, I think, fantastic. But yeah, it's it's been really it's been really great. I follow a lot of the organizers, and they've been going out every single day. Um, but we forgot but to introduce ourselves. Yeah, I was gonna say, but before we, we get into ourselves. that, before we get into that, um. You are, you are speaking to, you are listening to Cue the Mic. I am Fox. I am uh, acting host while our fearless leader is on break, which will be over a little, little over a half a month. She'll be back. Um, assistant producer, co-host, and I go by she, her, hers, and sometimes dude. And I'm finally about to be done with my schoolwork so yay i'm graduating kind of it doesn't feel like i really am because it's just a boot camp but i did it and i'm uh joined by my co-host uh my name is griffin i use they them pronouns um i'm a student journalist um and i'm tired today because i was up last night binge watching a tv show which one i was binge watching star trek discovery which i we're getting we're getting caught up on been watching Cora. Yeah. Cora, what's that? Oh, I haven't seen that. Uh, it's yeah, it's the sequel to the Avatar series. It's good so far. It's it's different. It's very different. Okay. But um. And we have our other co-hosts. Yes, I'm Sandy Smith. Uh, my day job is home and real estate editor at Philadelphia Magazine. I'm also the Germantown editor of the local, and I live here in Germantown. Um, to Set people straight who send me letters addressed, Dear Ms. Smith, I use he, him, his as my pronouns, uh, and I haven't been binge-watching much of anything lately. I've probably been playing too much words with friends, and I will probably be on pen and pencil club business after this show is over. But let's talk about what's on this show tonight. Um, well, our Why Pronouns Matter segment will actually be a musical one tonight. Uh, which will be sort of our segue into this week's Pride discussion um, about, you know, myths and origins of the Stonewall protests. And speaking of protests, we will be discussing uh, the ongoing George Floyd protests and what looks like an inflection point in the country's mood. Following that, all new gas cues, and finally our lightning round, newsworthy or not. And awesome. Griffin, you wanted to talk about 
what are we talking about? Queer, queer uh, artists, queer music for Pride. Yeah. So for why pronouns matter this week, I wanted to. This is a, like a show that I've been wanting to do for a while because I feel like I feel like I feel like the LGBT community is so is so like entrenched in like music and like music is so important to how we express ourselves and how we sort of you know view the world and how we you know sort of think about and process you know our emotions about being queer and accepting ourselves and all this sort of stuff so I wanted to talk about for why pronouns matter music in general but to connect it to why pronouns matter um, I sort of wanted to mention that um, being non-binary myself, I a lot of the music that I tend to feel really connected to, as far as like my LGBT uh, my LGBT identity, tends to be stuff that doesn't like have very obvious gender roles. In like you know if they're if it's like a love song, maybe it's like you know, kind of, it doesn't maybe use pronouns about, you know, who the singer is talking about. Um, and I just thought that was sort of like an interesting observation that I had about myself. Like I tend to feel more connected to like, um, you know, songs where an artist it might might be singing to someone of the opposite sex or they might be singing to someone of the same sex or to a non-binary person or to whatever um so that that was sort of an observation and um yeah i wanted to get like so what are some of our uh like musical like both songs and bands that we've or or singers that we find like really connect us to our like our lgbt identities yeah it's definitely a good um a good thing to bring up especially since we kind of I think we all could use a little bit more inspiration for Pride this year. Yeah. Um, <laughs> now Wrath Month. Um, it makes me think about, I, I just uh, I just posted this to my, my gay Facebook group that I made. But I, for the long, longest time, do you ever you ever hear a band, you hear, you hear an artist, and you don't ever see them? Right. So, like, yep. your brain fills in what they look like? Mm-hmm. Yes, I totally. I listen yep. to uh, Neighborhood. Which is the one that does that song Sweater Weather. Okay. I'd probably recognize it if I heard. I, I thought um, for the longest time that that was a lesbian woman or a trans woman. Just a gay woman. Because mm. a lot of lesbian women and um, gay women have a little bit of a, a darker, a deeper timber to their voices. Straight women do too sometimes. But... Um, in my experience, like a lot of lesbians do, and that's like something I personally find attractive in women. So I, I hear it out. So I thought for the longest time that it was like a gay woman, and I was so disappointed when I found out that it was a man, because yeah. you now in the song he they he talks about like she and like being with her, and I was like, oh my god, yay, it's a gay woman. Oh, it's gay representation. Great. Yeah. And then I thought it was just some white cis dude, and I was like, I don't like this yeah. song anymore. <laughs> yeah, I. So for me. One of the groups that I'm, I'm, they've quickly become like one of my favorite bands. I think I'm 
obsessed with uh, the band Glass Animals. I don't know if you've heard them. I've heard, yeah, I've heard of them. My own friend Kate likes them a lot. Yeah, they're like an, they're like an indie they're like an indie group. Um, they have like a very sort of they sort of swing between like a very ethereal sort of style and like a very sort of dancey sort of style. Um, but the when I first heard them, the the lead singer has like a very like I'd say like androgynous voice. I'd sort of describe it as. And so when I first heard them, I thought, oh, okay, there's like a male singer, and then there's like a there's like a woman like backup singer. And no, it's just the same guy just doing like doing like a bit lower parts and then doing like sort of higher, more ethereal parts in the same song. And so that sort of but but because maybe I had that impression like when I first heard them, they like solidified in my head as like, I feel queer when I listen to this. It Fulfill, fulfills my <laughs> I yeah, feel yeah, represented yeah. in my gender you know sort of stuff I don't know that's um I don't th- I think you said you've never watched this but the L word the whole the whole like the iconic showtime yeah. Yeah, we've hardcore lesbian that. show from the from like the 2000s um, like I said that was like something I watched when I was coming out because it was the only thing I could find that was like so gay and I actually got a lot of really good gay artists from that show. They played only LGBT artists. And that's how I discovered a lot of really good ones. And one of the character, one of the women that plays one of the characters, she has a band called Uh-Huh Her. And it's a queer band and it's really good. And that's also how I found like the organ. And, but I just, that's just how I found a lot of, a lot of the gay artists when I didn't really have any friends or didn't know anyone that was gay. And I was like, Help me, I don't know any artists. Yeah, that's really cool. That's really cool. What about you, Sandy? You, you showed well, us a song before we started. Yes, I, uh, well, actually, you know, um, of course, I'm uh, having been around a little longer than you two have, uh, some of my memories are a good bit different. Um, you know, I was, I was there, um, you know, I was, well, I'm not old enough to have been there at Stonewall, but I was there in the days when, you know, uh, pride celebrations were like raucous affairs and things like that, and when disco kind of hit the scene. So one of the songs that, you know, um, gets me in touch with my queer side is one of the original disco anthems by an openly gay black man, Sylvester. You make me feel mighty real. You know, and I'm sure everybody's heard that one. Um, it's, you know, it's high energy. And I tend to like upbeat, energetic songs at the same time that I like cool, slow jazz. Um, so, you know, the, the two sides of my personality. But generally speaking, you know, uh, occasionally I deal with depression. Um, it's. My my black dog's pretty much been on its leash for a while, but sometimes it comes out, sometimes it hits. And if I'm feeling down, one of the other songs I like is one that I just consider so upbeat, so positive, so affirming, so celebratory that you know, even though it is not explicitly queer, it's it, it includes us. As a matter of fact, that's the title of the piece. It's called Inclusion. It's by Angela Johnson, 
this refrain was something like, there'll be room under the sun, room under the sun for you. There'll be love for everyone. Collins had in chain for two. There'll be room under the sun. And any kind of love will do. You know, <laughs> really like that catchy dance beat. You know, I just yeah, wish we awesome. could play it on this, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Maybe we'll do like a, maybe we should do like a, um, we'll have to talk to Renee about it. Maybe we can do like one or two, like, We'll actually have like you know our little music, uh, music like actually play music. You know, we'll, maybe we'll have like a DJ whole DJ episode session of, our, of our choices. Yeah, yeah. Another artist cool. I really like that's been that's fairly recent is um she's been getting big recently. Janelle uh, Janelle Monet. Yeah, of course. Mm-hmm. I was I gonna bring her up too. Love her so much. Did you hear? She did a song with a uh, Erica. 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 Yes, Badu. And it was so good, but then for her song uh, "Make Me Feel" is like is like a bi anthem, and the and the um, the video is awesome because she's like just got, she's just like touching and like looking at and like kissing like all kinds of people, and it's just like <laughs> women and people who don't fall into any of those. And I don't know, I I love her. I think she's awesome and super the, positive and cute. I love her the, so much. The song that I know the most by her, I really need to like. I really need to get more like into her music and stuff. I was, I might like actually buy her albums, which is rare for me. I think um, the one I'm most familiar with is Pink, and that's yeah. such a, it's such a great, it's such a great song. It's like a happy pop song, yeah. but then the music video is also fantastic. It's a, it's, it's um very clearly lesbian aesthetic but it's also like it's one of those things where it's pretty suggestive without like explicitly showing something so it's like it has a lot of like implied like uh sort of images and stuff and it's very it's very funny um it's great it's a great music video it's a great song um and uh another sort of Another uh, song that I think is taken off with like, um, like Gen Z people or another another artist has been um, actually Willow Smith and her song. Um, oh crap! I just Wait looked a it up. Yeah, her song "Wait a Minute." Yep. Um, that's there's like a lot of like tick like TikTok videos like that use that as like a um, as like a backdrop. And it's a it's a really it's a really great song too. Um, she also has a song about Marceline from Adventure Time. If you watch that show, it's a cartoon. Um, and that one to me seems. I mean, I don't know if she meant it to be sort of romantic uh, themed, but I got at least some sort of romantic intention out of that. Um, Wikipedia says she's bisexual, so I don't know. Maybe she meant that or maybe she didn't. I don't know. Um, but from Adventure Time, there's if you watch it, there's there's the relationship between two main characters, um, Princess Bubblegum and Marceline. And they were sort of in this like place where they were clearly 
coded to be like exes and and maybe in a relationship or maybe they had felt fallen out of a relationship but like cartoon network wasn't letting the writers be explicit about it um until the like couple final seasons or whatever um which i haven't watched but i heard this um so there is like a sort of lgbt representation thing in that as well that's really interesting i guess yeah i am i for all all the any older older gay people that are listening um there was an artist my mom used to listen to that i grew up listening to who i still love and i didn't i kind of always knew that she was gay like it's obvious to me now she's bi she's she she ended up marrying a man but she's bisexual and um she's one of the musical freedom fighters of my mom's age um her name's Ani DeFranco and she I have always loved her music she is such an inspiration to me she's like a really really inspirational feminist but also she's really inspirationally uh gay there's a song called Both Hands and it's about a breakup with her ex-girlfriend. And it's like one of the most powerful breakup songs I've ever heard because it's very gentle and not angry. Because a lot of her songs are political and angry, but like this song was not. It was very gentle, but it was very, very powerful. And I don't know. She's just always been. I grew up with her and I also, you know, just realized a couple of years ago that someone me and my mom lived with for a while was actually my mom's girlfriend and they listen to Ani together so there's just like a lot of gayness swirling around Ani for me (laughs) (laughs) well of course if we're going to talk about you know uh queer queer musicians before we even knew what who they were we have to acknowledge the late great little Richard the original queen of rock and roll yeah um course he had to kind of keep it all sub rosa because it was the 1950s and you know you couldn't say what uh, tutti frutti was really about <laughs> right <laughs> uh, yeah there's there's a lot of there's a lot of stuff like that um wasn't um wasn't billy holiday like kind like um the word on the street to is be lesbian yeah or 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 bisexual there was a there was like a high pro somewhat high profile relationship that she was in where kind of everyone kind of knew that this person like that they were together um but she didn't really talk about it obviously not uncommon at all yeah um there's also this there's also this amazing artist that i was introduced to a while ago um her name her name is sister rosetta tharp and wow, she was, i love that name yes she was a uh blues and gospel artist from i think originally the like 40s and 50s and 50s um and she's she's credited with she was one of the first artists to use like an electric guitar and she brought she brought like gospel sort of 
characteristics into like blues. She's like I think she's called like the grandmother of rock and roll or something like that. She's awesome. And she was it's pretty uh, it's pretty well established that she was probably some shade of queer. Um she had a another you know it was another case where it was sort of people people kind of knew that she was in a relationship with another woman. Um but, you know, they didn't really talk about it because it was, you know, the 40s, 50s, 60s, you know. And it's it's sort of sad how many times that that, that, that happened where, yeah, you know, it's it is nice to sort of understand, though, that, you know, so much of so much of modern music is, you know, based on the traditions of artists that we would call, you know, part of the LGBT community nowadays. Um, that's, that's, that feels empowering to me, you know, that our music is so entrenched in LGBT history when one way or another, you know? Yeah. There's a, um, there's another artist who I really like and they get, they actually get misgendered all the time. Um, I don't know how long they've been out as non-binary, but the artist's name is Angel Hayes. I think I've mm. talked about them before. I love them. They're very, they're very, very, very talented. They they swing between singing and rapping in their song. Huh. But they're very talented at both things. Like their wordsmithing is incredible. And you know, the lyrics swing between I identify with them a lot because their lyrics swing between having mom issues and being super gay and also like talking they also talk about social issues a lot and they are actually out protesting uh for black lives matter recently they are black themselves but um they were out and they were doing an interview i watched because they said that they got tear gassed also at the protests that they were at but I highly recommend them. They're really, really great. They're very, they're very cathartic. I have another friend who has, uh, who has mom issues, and I was like, "Hey, you should listen to this. It's very cathartic." And they were like, "Ow, for one, but also, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> being but also called good. out like that, I guess, a good ow, yeah, a good ouch. It hurts. Uh, no, but they're but really hurts. great." It hurts good. It hurts. It hurts. I know. That's why I was like, "Oh, it hurts so." Yeah. There's a there's an artist. I don't think they're queer, but they're named Big Thief, and. Mm. They're, uh, a lot of their songs are like just the good hurt. It's a hurt so good. <laughs> um, but speaking of the protests, um, we wanted to, to continue our, our talk about the protests today. I don't know what you guys want to start with. Do we want to talk about defunding the police, the idea of that? Well, I think I want to do that in context of as I said, what I what I think, you know, we're we're witnessing something kind of rare anymore. Uh, yeah. An inflection point where there seems to be sentiment across the political spectrum that something is really wrong and it needs to be fixed. Uh, right. And you know, um, of course, there's going to be hassling over details. You know, um, and there will be a big stumbling block, but you know, everybody, you know, defunding the police, of course, uh, 
Uh, I probably the people who uttered it first meant it literally, but uh, since uh, the people who kind of know where things are going knew that would never sell, uh, they have to redefine the term. And so you have to do everything like that with a bit of finesse. The funny thing is, uh, there is an example in this region of a city that abolished its police department, set up a new one, and God, if things didn't improve. That mm-hmm. city is Camden, New Jersey. Oh, yeah, I read that. I read that mm-hmm. on I, on the news somewhere, that they that they were having issues with it, and they completely disbanded their police force and right. did an entire... Camden County set up a new police force, yeah. uh, ditched the old FOP union. Um, you know, they obviously threw in new policies and procedures to train the officers because right now it seems everybody is quite pleased with, you know, the way, the, the way crime is trending in Camden, police community relations are better. You know, right. it's proof that it can be done. Right. Yeah, um, and the thing is, is that like, you know, I think that's also getting so much attention because, like, unlike all the other times, the whole world has been taking notice of what is happening here. And the whole world is, like, throwing comparisons, like, this is what we're doing and this is what you guys do. And this is, like, and everyone, like, everyone is protesting. It's, like, there's, I, I lost count of how many other countries are protesting for us right now. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it's. It's really powerful. The one thing that I saw was um, coming out of uh, the UK. Uh, Bristol had a major, major protest, and they um, pulled down a statue of a high-profile, uh, like slave trader. Yes. Set it on fire, and then no, I'm sorry, they didn't set it on fire, but they did roll it into the river. I think. Yeah, I I just watched that video like twenty minutes ago. <laughs> yeah, the one that there was there was uh, there was somewhere in Virginia that they did set theirs on fire though, and then they rolled it into the river. That was the but, statue of Columbus. Yeah, Columbus, another yeah. Served. Um, and I don't it. Part of it, part of it does make me feel like you know maybe this stuff maybe this stuff will actually get better. You know, it, it's I feel like. You know, in the time we're living in, it's it's really easy to be, you know, pessimistic about things. You know, 2016 was a really bad year. And then 2020 hasn't been great either, I think. Right. I think I think 2020 has pretty objectively been a bad year. Yeah, Um, it it hasn't been the best of years. No. Yeah. (laughs) But it, it does make me feel, you know, feel a bit better that. You know, maybe these things are actually. I it make it does make me wonder what's going to happen to all the, all the Columbus stuff in Philly, because you know there's the big Columbus monument at um, down on the Delaware. Yes, at uh, the Spruce Street the Harbor. Delaware Avenue was renamed for him. Yep, that's true, and um, there's also the the park in South Philly with the Columbus statue that regularly right. gets that regularly gets. Uh, uh, graffitied on and stuff um, already before this even happened. I will confess that I am not that big 
on, you know, removing monuments to people because of the sins they committed, if they are indeed historically significant. Um, we're all human. We're all, you know, if we get into a, a, a position that elevated and we don't have feet of clay, then we're not human. Um, you know, no, none of our framers, not even Franklin, you know, had their hands clean. Yeah. Uh, and by, yet, I think by Franklin, Franklin's, was it Franklin's own words or was it Jefferson's word? I think Jefferson was pretty terrible, but I think, I think. he was also the one who tried to accuse King George of foisting slavery on the colonies. Right. I think I think Benjamin Franklin was pretty was pretty adamant about, you know, if the future if future future Americans judge us for anything, it's going to be, you know, they're going to they're going to condemn us for our position on slavery and they're, they're well, even, not going to forgive yeah, us. But I think there's a difference even between Jefferson keeping something up for educational purposes. It should just be in a museum then. I think it I think people who have been adversely affected directly by the horrible things that these people have done don't need to sit there and see a monument like glorifying all the things that they did it's different being it's different someone just being a cog in the horrible system of slavery than being someone that actively started and 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 condoned like mass genocide i don't that'd be like jeffrey dahmer having a statue because he was a good i don't know what did he do doctor maybe you know, um, I guess, you know, there, there's one area where I think I might be rethinking my position, and that's on the statues of Confederate generals in, in cities in the South. Yeah. You know, um, those were erected basically about 30 years or more after the Civil War ended. Right. And they were erected in service of a false narrative. Right. Know, the lost cause. Right. So in essence, those statues were propaganda. Yeah, and they um, were they were specifically put up to to you know But you could argue that Christopher Columbus was propaganda because a lot of our history books glorify the things that he did and completely leave out the reasons that they were bad and they yeah, they teach true. kids. They teach kids like they teach kids as if them coming over here was just some like kumbaya. Like they just came over and and then they decided the Indian uh, the Native Americans were just like cool. That's fine. You can have the land and we'll trade stuff and this is all good. Like I think that is propaganda. Yeah, and um, the one well, of the things I've seen celebrated for a mistake. What What do you mean? Oh, the the India. He was trying he to find. He thought it. he had found India, right? Yeah, right. Yeah. I mean, by yeah, the, by exactly. the by the by the. I think by the time he died, it was pretty clear that he that he did not discover India. Um, yeah. But the but the other the other thing that I've heard is that, um, you know, well, if we I think that that not discovered India found a short route to India. Right, that was what right, he went out for. Right. Found a found a western, you know, path yeah. to India. Mm-hmm. But the right. the what I the other thing I've heard is that, you know, if you really really want to celebrate one of the, you know, European early European explorers, 
mm-hmm. we should really have monuments to Magellan because yes. Magellan was both he was in it he was a crucial explorer who mapped large portions of the Americas but he was also you know not a terrible person at least or at least not True. in his not in his record um, he I believe in his in his personal journals he describes meetings with natives from you know many many portions of the Americas and many of the Pacific Islands and um, that basic he basically saying that you know these are just people just like just like Europeans that they're you know that they're not they you know mm-hmm. um, his his stance was his view of of people from faraway places was much more egalitarian and humanitarian whereas Columbus came in very clearly as a conqueror and as a as a um, colonialist yeah sorry. yes yeah yep. well you're right you're right at all yeah. sorry not but, sorry <laughs> yeah that's why I don't know I, I people can have their own opinions but if uh, I just think that like how much of a slap in the face must it be? Because like Native, like Native Americans still aren't treated well. There is right. like a crisis in a lot of communities where there are just Native American women going missing or being murdered, and like no one's investigating it, and it's become really excessive. And they just are constantly being screwed over by our government, the pipeline, right. like everything that's been going on, and then to see these monuments glorifying the person that started the genocide of their people and right. that started the government doing this to them. I just feel like how, how much of a slap in the face must that be? Right. The, the item I was going to say, there was something I read recently in the news that actually noted that native Americans are even more likely to get off by a cop than black males are. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, it's bad. It's really bad. And the 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 history is really, really it it's it's really brutal um pretty much throughout throughout North America. We don't we don't really know about it. We don't really know about like sort of Canadian history because you know, I feel like people in like our United States school system kinda doesn't really like yeah, Canada exists, but let's talk about America. You know, yeah. they, we don't we don't really sort of talk about Canadian history at all. But but they're um, they're the Canadian government's treatment of Native Americans. It was pretty equally as awful as the you know United States government. Um, you know, complete with concentration and reeducation camps, and you know over policing mm-hmm. and stuff you know even the 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 you know the canadian mounties which we as americans kind of think of as oh this look at the goofy part of you know they're kind of <laughs> on the sa- in the same category yeah. as maybe like the maybe like the buckingham palace sort of guards or is like a very mm. flamboyant kind of military thing but they were they were they were known for being horrifically brutal to native native people yeah um, that's the thing that can from what i know and i have a friend that lives there i mean canada's still pretty racist but they don't have as much of a problem they don't have as much of a problem with people of color getting murdered 
and that's partially due to the differences in their healthcare system, the differences in their police training. Um, and getting back to the police training thing, right? I wanted to talk about the fact that like we are really part of the reason me and a lot of other people think that our police force is this way besides systematic racism being passed down literally since the beginning of our country started is how they're trained and what that looks like compared to other countries. There is a uh, police officer, ma'am, his last name is Haberfield. He used to be a police lieutenant in Israel. He commented that we are very far behind most of the world and that it's problematic that we have 18,000 different police departments, but there's no national standard. And in the U.S., trained to be a police officer and carrying a gun on behalf of the state ranges from as few as 10 weeks to as much as 36 weeks. It can be more in some cases. That doesn't always include on-the-field training, but it doesn't go over that very much, which is a far cry from other countries that um, we've been comparing to ours. They require years of education as well as the training. Like, um, a lot of people have been talking about the differences between us and Finland and Norway. Officers in both of those countries must attend their nation's three-year police, three-year police universities and leave with degrees that are equivalent to a bachelor's. Um, they, and, 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 and because of that, four people have been killed by police in Norway since 2002. Wow. Think about that. Four people. Total. This is between 2000 and 2016. Right. It's not completely like up to date right now, but for for right. for 14 but... years, only four people were killed by the police. Right. Um, in Finland, it's it's about the same amount of training, and only seven people were killed by police from 2000 to 2018. Wow. There's and in Iceland, Iceland's the same way. They require at least two years of training, and it's 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 uh, it's very it's very um, their 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 program is very hands on and it's very extensive and it's and it's a college diploma, and they've had one person killed. Let's see, in 2013 was the first person that was ever shot dead by police ever in their record. Wow. Wow. So that's not that's not a small fact. Like for for comparison, between two thousand one, two thousand eighteen here, over eight thousand people were killed by police. That can't be ignored. There are other things that go into play besides the training. Um, I know Finland and Norway have different health care than we do as well. And I'm sure they have different social They're programs. They're also more homogeneous. That's true. They and have it, different social true. programs, but like the training is like we, and that's the other thing is that we were talking about this earlier. They don't, unlike our police, their police don't handle everything. I mean, police here get called for everything, drug offenses, um, sexual assault, which I, that's a mixed bag. I think they should be called for the perpetrators, but I don't think they should be involved in dealing with 
the victims unless it's to ask them questions about the person. I think there should be a social worker there or someone that's trained to um, handle it. But, you know, we don't need police to answer calls for things that could be mental health, especially. I mean, how many, I don't remember what the name was, but the, a couple years ago, the person that was sitting outside with uh, his consumer, who was a person with intellectual disabilities, who is really was really anxious and really aggravated by the police being there, and the police ended up shooting the caretaker who was black, just while he was had had his hands raised, while he said, "Please don't shoot my consumer. He doesn't. He's just scared. He doesn't mean to like yell." Like, they shouldn't have been the ones to take that call. They weren't doing anything or, wrong. They were, I don't even know who would have called anything on them because they were, there wasn't a crime. There's no reason police should be answering calls for mental health. There's no reason police should be answering calls for drugs unless someone is murdered right. or is armed because you can't, you know. I think I think at some point in a perfect world, and other countries have proven this, even if it's an armed situation, it's almost always, there's a good chance it's going to be a mental health issue anyway. So I know other places still handle that sometimes without police or in conjunction with the police and you deescalate the situation. Right. It's just, they, they shouldn't be there to handle everything, but we can't do it all at once. I don't think, I think calls to dismantle the police is very it has good intentions and it's something that needs to happen but it can't just be immediately abolished and i don't think that's the plan it wouldn't work in congress i don't think that would get passed but like it's got to be gradual we've our systems become so used to this system we're using now where police do everything that to just immediately abolish the police would be such a shock to the system people would still be doing the things that they're doing and the 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 other thing about the about the the idea of, of defunding the police is mm-hmm. it's it's really it's both getting getting at that point where so much money that's put into that's put into you know police departments is mm-hmm. taken is taken away from you know the healthcare system or right. through you know medical response stuff or you know public services you know it, it's that that's 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 usually how it works it was it was even happening in in philly um i don't know what the current plan is but it was you know in the middle of the coronavirus they were they were talking about cutting a lot of public services and then you know putting millions more into the police department in the middle of the coronavirus exactly mayor uh, kenny has officially withdrawn his proposed 14 million dollar boost yeah, that's good. The police department. Yeah. Um, you know, I'm not sure whether that money is going anywhere else, though. Um, yeah, well, we'll see. Yeah, but the the other part of it is the is the militarization of the police. Oh, for you know? sure. Mm-hmm. That's part of where the money is going. Is that right. stuff isn't cheap. Right. Yeah. Putting you know, if police departments have, you know. Forgetting whether it should be even legal or not, right? If they have enough, if they, which it, right. I don't think it should be, um, no, if they, I, a lot of people agree with you. Yeah, I, I mean, if police departments have enough money that they can buy, like you know, tactical gear, and you know, you know, Humvees and 
tanks. You know, have, well, a lot you know, of a lot of that is army surplus. It probably right. doesn't cost that much. If you know, I think some of it they actually just the feds just say, "Here, you want this? Take it." Just take it. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I mean, it, I, I, it's just not. You know, that's I, I've seen a, I've seen a couple a couple things from this that, you know, sociologists and psychologists saying that, you know, on on some level. Right. If you if you send if you send police in riot gear and in tactical gear to a you know, to what was previously a peaceful protest, people will see the police armed for battle and expect right. there to be a battle. You know, wouldn't so it's, be on edge after that, <laughs> right? Or That's yeah, like if, point gun you know. to face, relax. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So it's so you know, it all it all kind of comes back to you know, you know the police, the you know the police on on some level, right? You know, I I think I think we can you know training of course needs to be better and all this stuff, but you know on some level, calling in the police, period. You know, or just you know, just the act of calling in the police is like an escalation thing because right, exactly. They're they're the police. We have the expectation that they are there to escalate, you know, or to There's, handle yeah, an ex- yeah. an escalation. It doesn't, yeah, it doesn't, yeah, it doesn't need to be like that. Even like so, like I had I was me and other people who have been in abusive relationships before, who have gotten like like I have had a partner in public be screaming at me and like pushing me and stuff and we've had the cops called on us right and like again that is like a situation that happens a lot to a lot of people everywhere and that is not a such that's like again not a situation where the cops should be called and we have so many we want to talk about how important college is and how people need to go to college and how there's no jobs well there are so many people with master's degrees in psychology and counseling and social work that don't have jobs right because there's not enough like there's a need but there's not enough jobs for them right like there are plenty of people equipped to do these jobs but we're giving all of the money and all of the time to the police right and that's just it it baffles me because i like i personally know at least six people who have bachelor's or master's degrees who don't have a job in their field, even though we clearly need it. Right. But like, as, again, we're just giving all the money to the police stations and they're, they're trying to handle everything. Yeah. And I, Perhaps I've another been... relevant quote here. Um, some criminologists actually said that police work is really 80% community relations and 20% law enforcement. <laughs> I don't know if that's, you know, how the police themselves approach their job. And that may account for some of the problems. You know, um, the, the social workers, the counselors, they're trained in de-escalating. Right. Not every cop knows how to do that. Right. I'd wager most cops like don't most know how to don't. do that. Yeah. yeah. It's As a we skill. Can clearly see. Yeah. Well, that's the thing. Like, I, there's loopholes. The cop that shot um, the, the retired cop who shot Ahmed Aubrey. He, when he was still a police officer, he skipped de-escalation training and excessive force training. Oh my God. This is, this is what I mean. Like, even if they have these crappy little, plus it's not even, I don't, I don't know how often they have to go to these, but like, 
there's a speaker at the Black Lives Matter movement that I was at this last weekend, and he brought up a good point that like every other job that is this psychologically stressful and damaging as being a cop, like they have like the army even, they have assessments. You have to get right. mentally assessed and there's no reason that that shouldn't be happening right. in the police force because clearly there's a lot of mental problems in the police force that's causing this to happen and if right. if people can just not go to their de-escalation training, however that guy got around it and still had a job, that is a problem. That's like people who, that's like companies that say they're committed to ending sexual violence in the workplace and they just have a video from 1994 about ending sexual assault that barely covers the actual real life applications of what what that looks like and then they don't even really they let you i i i've been to i've been to enough jobs to see that happen and see where people just like don't show up to that part right right. and they don't do anything or they're sleeping or they're texting or they're reading during that part and they're not paying attention and of course it's a video from 1990 and and (laughs) I don't even know how to explain it, but they're really bad videos and they're not relevant and they're not current. They are only, they're just not what they need to be. And it's the same thing. I think I'm sure that all the money that all the money that's going to the police force, I don't, I doubt that's going into those trainings. They're clearly going into tactical gear. The, uh, yeah, as, as someone who, you know, has, Sorry, um, as as someone who, you know, was in a house when police were called because of a, you know, a, a violent mental health outburst, and who has had to call the police because of a violent mental health outburst, it this has been this has been on my mind a lot, and I, you know, I was thinking about it. Definitely, definitely feel like. You know, if I if I if we called nine one one and you know social workers showed up rather than the police, that the situation would have ended very differently. That that it would have ended, you know, much more calmly, much more peacefully. Um. Yeah, that it wouldn't have that it wouldn't have escalated to the point that it got to. Right. You know. Right, and I've gotten like there. This is going to make me sound terrible. I mean, I've gotten the cops called on me or the people I'm with plenty of times. And if I was not white, I think a lot of those times could have ended very badly. Yeah. Like, the, and, and the, there are, again, things that didn't need the police. Nothing I've done or I've been a part of required the police. <laughs> I was just making sure that that was going to be a true thinks statement. Of, think, thinks about it. <laughs> well... <laughs> Full disclosure, I did get arrested when I was 17, but um, my point oh, yeah, is, I, like, one I, uh, <laughs> I asked my dad the other day, because I was thinking about, I was th- this is this is a, like a week or two ago, when I was thinking about going out to the protests when they were less, when there were less crowds, and it was more uncertain whether, what the police reaction would be. Yeah. Um, and I asked my dad, have you ever been arrested? And he's like, oh yeah. And he's like, Oh yeah, and I'm like, like I, like I just, I get surprised because I remember, like, oh yeah, apparently he was like, you know, different person in high school or whatever. Apparently, my dad was like a, my dad was like a, um, was like a stoner in high school, and oh, I yeah, just, my dad was too. I struggle to see that side of him. 
Yeah, oh yeah, that's really funny. So yeah, I got we got the cops. So I I lived with somebody once who was my landlord and also my roommate, and she was insane, yeah. certifiably. Like I'm not being uh, derogatory when I say this. She really, 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 really had problems, and she called the cops. Oh, so first she locked us out of the house because she was mad at us, and then was about to go travel to a different state while we were locked out of the house. And then called the cops on us because I had a friend over. Oh. Which I was legally allowed to do because I (sighs) lived there. Right. Um, The police shouldn't have answered that. Like, that shouldn't have been who she had to call. You know what I mean? That is a situation that a policeman didn't have to be there. If I was not white, that could have turned out badly. Me me living there and trying to get into a locked house, even though it was mine. Who knows what policeman would have seen it that way. There was right. no reason the police should have been called in that situation. There's just, there's so many that I can think of where like the police were called and they didn't need to be. And if I wasn't a white woman, how badly that could have turned out. And that's another problem is like people also, people are, when we start transitioning, if we start transitioning the police force over, we're also going to have to reteach our society on when it isn't isn't appropriate and hopefully that will right i mean i mean uh you know call operators they do know you know they they are trained to you know when you call 911 they do they do know you know all right without the person having to say specifically they can you know oh someone someone's hurt in this way there's nothing violent you call the you call an ambulance you know right. versus you know I, so i i really don't think I think the act of calling 911, you know, I don't think that's going to need to change all that much, you know, if we added more services that people could access right. on, in an yeah, emergency. I mean. Yeah, yeah, yeah I, we should, we should, they, should, they should have a wider range of things that they yeah. can... A lot, of, a lot of people are just, you know, really whipped up about like, oh, well, well what am I going to do if this, 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 this? It's like, all right, well... Yeah. We can, probably still be able to call 911 you'll just get a different right. you know just get a different Someone service that's equipped or, to handle know. this yeah i will say one last thing is that like over time the thing is is what people don't get is that over time once we do this once we start implementing mental health professionals social worker professionals people equipped to handle these things once we do that over time the amount of violent crimes, the amount, plus, you know, this needs to go in hand in hand with, with healthcare and it needs to go hand in hand with fixing the economy for people in troubled areas and, and that have, you know, in, in poorer areas. But once we can do those things, there will be less of a need for police because they will be less violent crime. There'll be less like people are crime and stuff is going to drop when people have their mental issues in check, when they have getting help that they need, when they're getting the medical stuff that they need, when they have enough for their families, like a lot of those things are, are going to disappear and go down on their own over time. So it's not, it, we're not going to need what people think we need the police for as much. Right. Like we, we talked right. about the statistics for like, there's not, People in, in Finland aren't just magically mentally healthier just because. That's that's not why their crime or their their shootings by police rate and their crime rate is so much lower. 
It's well, because I they mean, have programs. Well, I mean, they are. I mean, Norway is supposed to be one of the happiest countries on Earth. I know, I know. But that's like, <laughs> the reason, you know? There's, they have what it takes to stop these things from happening before they turn into a problem like we have them here. And that's like what people need to understand is that it'll take time, but like we can get to the spot where we're not going to need armed police, armed to the teeth for every, right. or anything, yeah. anything besides homicides. We're going to need detectives. People are still going to get murdered sometimes, but right. we don't need them for everything. Yeah. Everything. Yep. On a, on a, is a sort of later note, do you want to move on to the gas queue? Yes. This is gay answers to straight questions. These are offensive or funny questions that we have gotten or other people have gotten from straight or cis people and sometimes other <laughs> gay people. Yeah, that's, yeah, that's true. Straight people. Uh, I pulled this from my group. This is from uh, one, of, one of the people in my group who is a gay man. And when they were asked what they did for a living, he said, I sing in nightclubs. So the person then responded, oh, you're one of those cross-dressers then. Oh, jeez. Mm. I didn't realize yeah. being gay and a singer meant you were automatically a cross-dresser. Okay. Well, not, to my, <laughs> not to my knowledge either. Um, yeah, that's news to me. There are a lot of there are a lot of people who's you know who do sing at like clubs and stuff who are not gay. Um, at least that I know of. I know it's maybe going out of style a little bit, but like there are like blues and like right. jazz clubs and stuff. That is know. my life goal, to be honest. To be like a blues singer and like yes. a like, yeah, that's cool. I want to go Amy cool Winehouse and, and Ella Fitzgerald on Philadelphia <laughs> jazz clubs. But um, <clears throat> yeah. Now, also, I don't like I don't like it when straight people use the word cross dressing. It's fine when people in the community do, but I feel like it's a lot like when yeah. people use the term hermaphrodite. Like I, even though technically it's correct, and some people in the community do like to use it i don't like hearing from straight people because i feel like it comes their connotation of it is like cross-dresser like it just right yeah <laughs> what they really positive thing what they really mm -hmm. meant was drag queen right well they usually mean someone who's a drag queen or someone who's trans or someone who's non-binary but they'll say cross-dresser right and 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 cross cross-dresser is a is was you know most often a pejorative term right. and specifically like to lump all those people together rather right. than acknowledge them as different identities or, or different you know hobbies or whatever yeah uh, I, I don't like that word <laughs> straight yeah. people keep it out of your mouth <laughs> out, out of out of curiosity i'm guessing this person isn't a drag queen not that i know of no but either yeah. way, like even just, if they just are, happens it's to like... be a singer, yeah. It's just, yeah. It just happens to be a nightclub singer, which is which is cool. It is cool. I think so... we should bring live music back in like restaurants. That should be more popular again. That would be like... awesome. There is a there's Ooh. a couple of restaurants in Harrisburg that still do that. When my my friend Natalie, she uh, she goes around, she brings her piano, and she and my friend Daniel, they both perform in a couple of the ones around there. It's very cool. It's one of the few tiny perks of Harrisburg yeah there's a mm. there's a there's a restaurant near the Riverview 
movie theater called Warm Daddy's, which is a it's a blues. Oh, I've heard of that name. Yeah, it's a it's a blues um, restaurant and lounge place. Is it up by me? In East Falls. Mm. I feel like it's up. I feel like it's. I feel like I've seen it. Maybe there it are multiple locations. Uri. This one's on South. This one's in South Philly. It's near the Riverview Theater. Oh. Um, Wait a minute. Are you talking about Warm Daddy's? Yeah. It's yeah, still open, no, right? Yeah, it's still open. The it's owned by a couple of brothers named Bynum. We need to bring back uh, medieval style taverns where there's just some guy with a fiddle in a corner. <laughs> <laughs> you know, like like whenever you walk into a restaurant, there's just some musician in a corner. You know, I feel like that would be a cool, cool thing to bring back. Oh. Anyways, let's uh, let's move over to newsworthy or not. We read off some headlines that we didn't get a chance to cover, and we do a quick response with zero explanation as to what they mean. Well, we that doesn't. It's not usually that. Usually, there's like some kind of back and forth because often we have questions. Oh, but yeah, but that's supposed I will to not. Fickle. I will not elaborate on what I'm reading. And okay. To, all right. to to help that along, I always post just the title and i don't let myself have a link so i cannot explain to you what is happening awesome this sounds great. um <laughs> here's one that everybody has been talking about and i'm sure you've all heard about it uh jk rowling oh yeah explains why she thinks trans women aren't real women in a 3700 word rambling essay oh my god oh uh... Daniel, Rad- Daniel Radcliffe is, on the other hand, fantastic. What oh, yeah, him and Emma Watson are like... Yeah. No, hey. no, no, JK. No, no, no. Oh, I will say one thing. Someone made a really funny joke. Um, It's called JK. Her, her initials are JK because she's... Just kidding? Or just... A, she's a joke. Oh... Uh... Just oh, that's kidding. terrible. <laughs> Funny though. Okay. Anyways, trans woman wins seat in Wheeling, West Virginia City Council. Wow. Awesome. Oh, Wheeling. Congratulations. Back it, up, back it up. Exclusive. Top Latin music star Ray Mix came out in his song hit number one on the chart. Wait, hold on. What? Sorry. Top Latin music artist Ray Mix came out of the closet as his song hit number one on the charts. Nice. Did he come out in the song? In the song or as the song came out? I think as it came out. That's cool. So he's like, awesome. hit number one. He's like, all right, I got nothing to lose. I'm coming out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Awesome. Yeah. Um, Starbucks bans its employees from wearing anything in support of Black Lives Matter. Oh. Yeah, bad Bobby move. Black squares. It's disappointing. Starbucks Starbucks usually ends up being on the right side of history. I know, they really messed up. But this time it's yeah, this time it's kind of screwed up. Bad move, guys. Uh, Texas sees a record number of patients hospitalized with COVID nineteen for a third day in a row. I'm not surprised. It's probably from Uh, Memorial Day. A bunch of states in the southeast, the south, and oddly enough, the three Pacific Coast states where it first hit hard. All seeing cases spike. Yep. Yeah. Um, I didn't think California had rushed to open so fast, but most of the others did. Right. Yep. 
Probably for Memorial Day. Absolutely nobody. Um, the next one is monkeys steal coronavirus patient blood samples from a lab tech in India. <laughs> <laughs> That's kind of scary, actually. That is scary. Can you imagine yeah. a bunch of monkeys with yeah. COVID? Well, well, not just that, but like, where are they going to put it? They could. What if yeah. they like drop it somewhere where someone could get infected? Like, yeah. that's kind of scary. Also, if I don't know how prevalent they what are, are going to do with culture. It? What if they get it and then they're hanging around people? Mm. I don't know if they can get it, but they're very biologically similar to us. And I know a couple of cats in New York City have gotten it. Really? Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's crazy. crazy. Yeah, that sucks. By the way, I got tested and I'm negative. Yay! I'm gonna get my antibodies test soon to see if I have it. That way, I can donate blood for trials. Um, so Newton, you may remember, the person who coined gravity. Oh, Isaac. Yes. Good yeah. old Isaac. His recipe for toad vomit lozenges Ooh. are now up for auction. Ooh. Ooh. Have the recipe toad vomit, for toad lozenges? vomit lozenges. What get is a, their medicinal purpose? I have zero idea. If you get a, if you get a sore throat. Hopefully you know. they're psychedelic toads. <laughs> <laughs> I have a sore throat. All right. Time to, dark <laughs> yeah. time to forget the whole day. Yeah, time to hypnotoad it up. Yeah. Um, scientists learn how tiny critters make ocean snot palaces. <laughs> Think that let that sink in for a mental okay. image. Like, can you re- can you repeat that, please? Scientists are now learning how tiny critters in the ocean make snot palaces. <laughs> My worst. This is earth-shattering research. Yes. Hey My there. Want to come back to my snot palace? Do they need an interior designer for them? I would projectile vomit. If I ran into a snot palace, there's that's not even a that's not even hyperbole. I would projectile vomit everywhere. Um, and last one, Amazon has paused its police use. I don't like the way that's worded. I'm going to reword it because it doesn't make sense. Amazon pauses letting police use its facial recognition software. Uh, I don't oh, like that they, they were they, using it in the first place. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Okay, well, I guess it's good that they've stopped that temporarily, but they shouldn't have done that in the first place. Yeah, so, yeah, if you didn't know that that was happening, folks, that's happening. It's only not happening for a year. Hopefully, we can get that to stop altogether. But, uh, yeah, so, like I said last time, if you're going to the protest, turn your phone on airplane mode, cover your face, cover your tattoos, turn off your GPS location. They can track you a million ways. And if they decide that a protest got violent, if they decide a crime was committed, and they can prove that you were there, technically you are liable, and you could get in trouble. So stay safe, turn all your stuff off, cover your face. Another thing that I heard was turn your fingerprint recognition off on your phone if you have that, because police can legally compel you to unlock your phone using your fingerprint, but they can't compel you to type in your passcode. Hmm, that's interesting. I wonder if I could fool them because I have both. Well, yeah, but I think most people do. But but if mm. but if you if you have it enabled, they can compel you to use your fingerprint. And that you don't have it enabled, and just press um. it a bunch of times. That's insane. Usually, I will say Apple usually is 
pretty good about I know they got actually got in trouble because they refused to give they refused to release the records to cops because of confidentiality purposes. Mm-hmm. So yeah. yeah. Hopefully they stick with that, but yeah, yeah. That uh that about does it for the show. So we'll be back yes. next week with conversations about Stonewall, voter suppression, and Pride Month as of twenty twenty. And we're... I don't know what I was going to say. I'll just cut that. (laughs) All right. You're listening to Germantown Community Radio, 92.9 FM WGGTLP Philadelphia, and online at gtownradio.com. We are Cue the Mic, signing off. All right. Good night, everyone. I don't know. I thought this time was dramatic. (laughs) All right, listeners. Stay safe, stay hydrated, and keep on fighting the system. Yeah. We can make a change. We will make it happen. Keep it up. Yep. Bye, everybody. Goodbye, everybody. Catch us on the social medias, Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at Radio. You can find our podcast on iTunes, Google Play Music, TuneIn, Alexa, Spotify, Radio.com, iHeartRadio, Player FM, Deezer, Stitcher, and wherever else you find your podcasts. And as a reminder, our old episodes are still up on Podomatic, but we have moved our feed over to pinecast.co. Be sure to check us out there for all the updates on the new episodes.